You're listening to Comedy Central. Live from Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah presents Podgasm 2020, Democratic Debate Number Two. Too fast, too furious, too many candidates. Here's the show. That's right, we are completely live. Don't believe me? Look at the screen behind me. It's night out, huh? You see, we're live. <laughs> now, the second night of the Democratic debates just ended. And of the two nights, this was the debate everybody was waiting for. You know, if last night was a small lower back tattoo, tonight was Mike Tyson's face. <laughs> because coming into tonight, we all knew it was about beef. The stage is set for a second heated showdown. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris facing off just hours from now. High stakes rematch, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris facing off again tonight after her blistering attack in the first debate. Biden vowing he won't be so polite this time. Joe Biden telling donors it's no more Mr. Nice Guy. I was probably overly polite in uh, the way I didn't respond. Yes, according to Biden, the last time he didn't do well was because he was overly polite which is a convenient excuse for getting your ass handed to you. I, uh... <laughs> I used that same excuse whenever I lost a fight in high school. The only reason he was able to shove me in that locker is because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> so in the build-up to tonight's debate, the main story was Kamala Harris versus Joe Biden. But because Cory Booker has also been going after Biden for the past couple of weeks, tonight's debate was set up for fireworks, especially once we found out where everyone would be standing on that stage. Biden will find himself flanked by Booker and Harris. Biden standing in between two candidates who have targeted him most. Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, and racial inequality could be a very big discussion. Joe Biden is an uncomfortable sandwich on that stage. He's got on either side of him Kamala Harris and Cory Booker. Yeah, Joe Biden, this was an unlucky draw, man. Cory Booker on the one side, Kamala on the other side, and he's in the middle. It's like the world's most racially charged Oreo. <laughs> I feel like Joe Biden got on the stage and just instinctively tried to lock his car doors. He was like, ah, <laughs> ah, no attacks. And if you tuned into the debate hoping to see conflict, it didn't take long for you to get your wish. Vice President Biden's campaign calls your plan, quote, a have-it-every-which-way approach. Well, they're probably confused because they've not read it. There will be a public plan under my plan for Medicare and a private plan under my plan for Medicare. If you notice, there's no talk about the fact that the plan in 10 years will cost $3 trillion. You will lose your employer-based insurance. You can't beat President Trump with double talk on this plan. You're just simply inaccurate in what you're describing. Your plan, by contrast, leaves out almost 10 million Americans. So I think that you should really think about what you're saying, but be reflective and understand that the people of America want access to health care. That's right, two minutes into the debate, and Kamala was already removing her earrings, and Biden was removing his hair plugs. Oh, it's on, <laughs> it's on. Now this time, this time, Biden and Kamala were arguing back and forth about who had a stronger health care plan. And compared, compared to the previous skirmish, they were a lot more civil, as you saw. You know, this was like a couple fighting 
after the cops had told him to calm down, you know? <laughs> just like, nah, I'm trying to keep my cool here, but your, your healthcare plan ain't shit, just like your mama. <laughs> but other than that, other than that, the healthcare debate was pretty civil tonight. Again, the Democrats largely agreed on the big picture of getting universal healthcare. What they disagreed on is how to get there. Biden proposed polishing Obamacare and disrupting the system as little as possible. Kamala wanted a Medicare plan that also incorporated something that would include private insurance. And Bill de Blasio, he just wanted to knock the whole thing down, you know, just like he did to Tokyo. So, (laughs) to figure out who had the best plan, the Democrats got down to the numbers. And I mean a lot of numbers. Let's talk about math. Let's talk about the fact that the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies last year alone profited $72 billion. My plan cost $750 billion. That's what it cost, not $30 trillion. Thank you, Mr. Vice. That is 70% of what the government will collect in taxes over the next 10 years. 20% of our economy, one out of every $5 spent on healthcare. I don't know what math you do in New York. I don't know what math you do in California, but I tell you, that's a lot of money. Hey, I'll tell you what kind of math we got in New York. Number one and number two, asshole. That's the kind of math we got here. Can I be honest with you guys? This, this is the part of the debate where I think Democrats really need to get a whole lot better. No one at home can keep up with all of these numbers. 40 billion, 7%, 70% over 10 years, 30 trillion, 3 trillion when you compound the... No, it's too complicated, right? It almost made me miss Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> because when he does math, he just comes off stage like, folks, we're gonna do numbers. <laughs> Best numbers, bigger numbers. <laughs> and everyone at home is like, yeah, numbers. I guess it's numbers. You gotta find a middle ground. So that was healthcare. Then came immigration. And just like last night, the major question facing Democrats was, how would they deal with the crisis at the border? Most of them agreeing again that they would try and find a more humane way to treat asylum seekers and illegal immigrants. But when they brought up President Obama's record of mass deportations, Joe Biden probably wished that he could have been deported out of this debate. Vice President Biden. I didn't hear your response when the issue came up of all those deportations. You were vice president of the United States. I didn't hear whether you tried to stop them or not using your power, your influence in the White House. The president president. came along and he's the guy that came up with the idea, first time ever, of dealing with the dreamers. He put put that in the law. I don't hear an answer from the vice president. I'm confused. (laughs) Mr. Vice President, you want to be president of the United States. You need to be able to answer the tough questions. I guarantee you, if you're debating Donald Trump, he's not going to let you off the hook. I was vice president. I am not the president. I keep my recommendation in private. Unlike you, I expect you would go ahead and say whatever was said privately with him. That's not what I do. Oh, hold up. Did Joe Biden just call Bill de Blasio a little ass snitch? (laughs) That's, That's what he said, right? Yeah. I didn't realize Biden was so true to the streets. He's like, uh, Mr. Mayor, unlike you, I protect my neck because these bitches ain't loyal. That's what I do. So, this is where the debate got interesting, right? Bill de Blasio sucker punches Biden out of nowhere, asking him why he let Obama deport so many people. And just when Biden is trying to battle the giants of New York, Cory Booker jumps in with the shiv. Mr. Vice President, you can't have it both ways. You invoke uh, President Obama more than anybody in this campaign. You can't do it when it's convenient and then dodge it when it's not. Yeah, Cory Booker makes a good point. Joe Biden's really good at using Obama when it'll help his resume, 
But then when it comes to something that Obama wasn't really great at, all of a sudden Biden's like, Obama, Obama. <laughs> Is that the Irish guy, Patty Obama? Is that who? I think I've been to that pub. And that Obama line was just the beginning, right? Because after that, Corey went on full-on attack mode. Senator Booker called your new criminal justice reform plan, quote, an inadequate solution to what is a raging crisis in our country, unquote. Why is Senator Booker wrong? Well, I don't, I think he is wrong. I think we should work together. He has a similar plan. I think that we should change the way we look at prisons. We have a system right now that's broken. And if you want to compare records, and frankly, I'm shocked that you do, uh, I am happy to do that. There's a saying in my community, you're dipping into the Kool-Aid and you don't even know the flavor. Uh, you need to... <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. You know what's cool about being black? Is you can just make up phrases and white people don't know if it's real. <laughs> Because we were watching the debate and every white person in the room just looked at me like, is that a thing? Is that a... <laughs> Black people, we can just say whatever. Just be like, man, you better watch yourself because right now you deep frying a chicken but ain't got no skin. <laughs> this is where Corey was in his elements. He had Biden on the ropes. And he was always gonna have him on the ropes because Vice President Biden has been in politics for 50 years. He is bound to have more baggage than anyone else. It's not a fight that he could win. And then just when you thought, that Biden was the target of the night, Tulsi Gabbard pops up from under the ring and slams Kamala with the chair. Well, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row, and she fought to keep cash you, bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Yeah, that was a rough moment for Kamala. Because while she was trying to come after Biden for his history on criminal justice, Tulsi Gabbard came after her for hers, which isn't exactly the best record. And you could see Kamala wasn't happy in this moment. You know, she was about to be like, Tulsi, let me tell you a story about a little girl who got her ass beat. <laughs> and that little girl was you. So now, you've got de Blasio coming after Biden, Booker jumping in the middle, Gabbard hitting Kamala. It was almost like Quentin Tarantino wrote this part of the debate. <laughs> everyone killing everyone. And then just like yesterday, while all the bigger candidates were fighting, the smaller candidates used the little time they had to try and break through with policy and ideas. And tonight's Marion Williamson was Colorado Senator Michael Bennett. This is the fourth debate that we have had and the t second time that we have been debating what people did 50 years ago with busing when our schools are as segregated today as they were 50 years ago. I believe you can draw a straight line from slavery through Jim Crow, through the banking and the redlining to the mass incarceration that we were talking about on this stage a few minutes ago. But you know what other line I can draw? 88% of the people in our prisons dropped out of high school. Let's fix our school system and maybe we can Senator. fix the prison pipeline that we have. Okay. <laughs> Say what you want about him, but Mr. Mackey is right. Instead of spending half of the debate 
talking about laws written 50 years ago, it would have been nice to hear more about how the Democratic candidates plan to fix America's problems today. And I'll be honest with you, it was really weird that the Democrats allowed themselves to get sidetracked by side beefs when they all also acknowledge that they have one common goal, defeating public enemy number one. But this pitting against progressives, against moderates, saying one is unrealistic and the other doesn't care enough, that to me is dividing our party and demoralizing us in face of the real enemy here. I would take any Democrat on this stage over the current president of the United States. We cannot tear each other down. We have to focus on beating Donald Trump. Don't let the Republicans divide this party against itself. We're gonna make America better than it's ever been in the years to come. Let's do that together. Hey, you see, it's weird. Everyone says that. They all said they want to beat Donald Trump. But here's the honest truth. If the Democrats spend every single debate destroying each other, by the time you get to a one-on-one with Donald Trump, you'll already have done his work for him. Yeah. Because you'll get to the debates all discredited, and he won't have to do anything. He'll just come out and be like, guys, so many numbers, so many numbers. (laughs) We'll be right back. on debate night. My guest tonight is a Democratic strategist and pollster who was a member of Barack Obama's polling team. Please welcome Cornell Belcher. Yeah. Thank you for having me, brother. So, let's get straight into it. Tonight was a night where most people were looking to see how Joe Biden would recover from his first debate performance. Do you think he did a good job? I think uh, Joe found the magic again. I think he woke up. I don't know if he... Uh, took some uppers or something, but he certainly <laughs> <laughs> he certainly was flat the first debate. In right. this debate, it seemed like he was prepared, ready. They came at him with a lot of punches, but he gave as good as he, he got this evening. I think he was the adult in the room that a lot of people thought he would be in the first debate. This debate, he, he came back and had a solid performance. He, he really had an interesting tactic this time because the first time around, he seemed surprised yes. by what had happened. But even from the beginning of the debate, as we saw when he came out, he said to Kamala, take it easy on me, kid. (laughs) But I mean, that was him going, I know what's about to happen, in a way. And when it came to records, it was interesting that they brought up his record, but then he brought up his record. Yes. Is a record a good or a bad thing to have in this situation? The the, the good news for for his opponents is he has a long record. The bad news for his opponents is he has a long record. I mean, he has a long record of actually accomplishing things and doing things, right? The whole thing that at the back of about the Hyde Amendment, he pointed out the fact that most of them on the stage had, had supported the Hyde Amendment. Right. So he does have a, so he does have a solid, solid record, but, he, but there are some things there that certainly are problematic, certainly around the crime bill. But I thought the interesting back and forth between him and Senator Harris, like, you've got to be careful because obviously she has a bit of a glass jaw on the, on the crime bill as well as, <laughs> as Tulsi punched her. Right, Tulsi, right, to right. me, put a, was the punch of the night. Yes. Uh, yes. It was a punch of the night, and I think I think she was staggered by by, by that punch. I thought that was a line. I also thought um, Cory Booker may have had the blackest moment in presidential primary history. <laughs> I don't think anyone has brought Kool Aid out at a at a debate. It, it, histo- there, there, never anything as black <laughs> as that in, in primary history in, a, in debate history. Well, when you when you look at Kamala Harris, why do you think that glossier moment is so severe for her? Because you know, Joe Biden gets attacked, but, you know, he's, his support among black voters remains strong. 
With Kamala, it does feel like that's a weakness. Why? Well, it's, it's interesting because, and by the way, it, it, I will remind people that, that Obama started off at this point, he was not winning African-American voters either. Matter of fact, he wasn't winning anyone. Anyway. We were 30 points behind everywhere. Uh, but but African-American voters are, are such a large swath of, of, of the electorate. And you will notice that in her attacks at, from, from the first debate, which she rose in a poll, it didn't come primarily from African-American African voters. Interesting. Uh, you know, it, so I think there's also a part of her where she's got to be careful. I can't say this on television, right? Uh, but if I were advising her, I'd say there are stereotypes out, out there about angry black women. And and there's and, and the thing and there's some sort of cues that you have to be careful because it because it because it turns people off and it's not fair. But I think there were moments where she flashed anger tonight, and I don't think that's particularly helpful. That's that's an interesting point that you bring up because. But I didn't say that. No 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 you didn't. I mean we <laughs> we're not live. There's no one here and no one's seeing this. <laughs> no no no. But but you know what? It is an honest and interesting point that you bring up is that there is a double standard in the world that you live in yes. where you know if you're a man and you get angry they go like the passion Strong. came through. Yeah. Right. But now Kamala has to like you know figure out how to how to Modulate like, straddle that, yes. that line between showing her passion whilst not coming across as any of the stereotypes. And it's even worse for for African American women. African American women have ha have it have it very tough. Right. Newsflash, African-American women have it really tough. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other candidates on the night who are trying to have their moments. Who do you think stood out? Everyone said Marion Williamson won yesterday, which is, I mean, it's such a huge <laughs> term that people use. I think it's crazy. But there are moments that stand out. Were you surprised that Marion Williamson had a cat from that last segment? I thought, <laughs> of course she has a cat. <laughs> of course she has a cat. Uh, you actually stole my Mr. Hand joke. He... he He's totally Mr. Hand, uh, but he did have a have a breakout. Breakout. I think um, Inslee had a sort of had some had some moments, but also Yang. Listen, I think Yang won the debate because I want my thousand dollars a night, thousand uh, <laughs> dollars a month, right? But he but but he also got very big applause lines. Right. But some of those cats were clearly in the mode where I have to attack, I have to make a breakthrough, and some of it seemed desperate, but. Some of those cats will not make the next debate, and you can tell I'm old because I used the term cats. Yes, I can. So, so some of some of them will not make the old next debate. Who had the breakout? You know, did, did De Blasio help himself? I think he came across as New York tough, and he certainly went after went, went after Biden. But does he does he does he have a breakout? Right, right, right. You know, I think Cory Booker needed a breakout moment too because he's been sort of flat, and I think. I think we will not question whether Cory Booker's black enough again after this debate. Which is a win. Yeah, that, that, to me, that to me is a win in a debate. Help him in South Carolina. When, when we look <laughs> at the larger narrative, though, one thing that concerns me and, and people who watched the previous debates was the narrative coming into the main debates was Democrats are not here to fight against each mm. other. It'll be a battle of ideas to, to present to America who should be the next leader. Yes. It feels like that has quickly devolved into you're the worst, you're the worst, here's your bad record. Does this work for Democrats by putting them and keeping them in the news, or does it hurt them by basically breaking them apart before the main race? I don't want to beat up on CNN, but I'm a beat up on CNN a little bit. <laughs> uh, the way they set it up, they almost set it up so there would be contention. Right. And they, the way they asked questions sort of directed back at the other candidates, it set up a format for, for fights and tension, which, which 
can be good ratings. But I think that the substance of the debate was 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 hurt. We were 20 or 30 minutes in on the health care debate, and, and we didn't really have a great understanding of people's health care right, position right, right. because they were just defending and attacking. Right. I don't think that was particularly helpful, and I certainly hope we won't see that again. I would rather for them to ask a question, okay, tell us about your health care plan and why is your health care better? Better, better than everyone else's. Now, if someone else wants to, wants, to, wants, to, wants to pivot back in on that, that's fine. But don't set up the tension. That's an interesting point. Thank you so much for being on the show. Great having you here. Cornell Belcher, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.